0: What the fuck? Did he
1: go into like a lake?
2: It's the unofficial, unexpected,
0: and unfiltered Canadian motocross race review, featuring Ryan the new Flockhart, and Ryan Gould, with your host, Ken Ken. Woo! Yeah! Keep going, no!
2: everybody to the canadian motocross unfiltered podcast as usual thanks for listening uh we have ryan the new Flockhart, and ryan gald here uh to share their insight and expertise from the races this past weekend at deschambault uh so galdi uh dylan gets his uh third title in a row Uh, a lot of really impressive speed at times uh dominant and then towards the end with that rib injury he showed a lot of determination what do you think of that
0: i mean uh Kudos. Absolute kudos uh, to the kid right now. I mean, it's it's been pretty amazing to watch, whether I was watching on the app or whether I was watching firsthand, seeing some of the things that he went through. I mean, there hasn't been a ton of adversity. Um, actually, I think Noof can uh, talk about a little bit of this weekend because Dylan brought it up on the TV show. I'm sure you heard it, Ken, in the second moto there. At least I think people could hear it because when we were doing the TV interviews, I was right beside the crowd, and there was... Easy, five thousand people on the property. Like I would say, easy. Awesome. I think. More, I think. More, yeah. I think more. I'm understating that. Like it was so freaking packed, and they were cheering and yelling at the stage. So, at one point there, he said that they had a fire drill in between the for. And Ryder McNabb had one too. And I guess I'll let Newf talk about that more because he's was under the tent. But to Dylan's season, I mean um pretty pretty freaking cool uh we're on the uh, on the cusp of history i mean he's already kind of made a uh, a streak history as far as winning the, uh, the, this many motos in a row so that part's uh, already part of the history but to this perfect season thing is is pretty cool and yeah to wrap up the third championship and you know obviously there you could say there's that asterisk there was the competition stiff enough was there a guy could this guy do it but at the end of it all right now, Dylan's number one again for three years in a row on the Honda Canada GDR Fox team, and he did it. He has done it in very impressive fashion, and there's still two motives to go for this perfect season. Uh, does it matter? Does he care? Um, I'll, I'll throw it over to you now, Newf, you can kind of give a little more to that fire drill thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, just to talk on the perfect season, he does care, obviously. I mean, um, he wouldn't line up this weekend at Walton if he didn't care for the fact that He's in bad shape with that rib. Like uh, that thing is hurting him, and I think we really saw that in the first moto. It took him a while to get going. Like that was probably the longest it took him to get into the lead. Yeah, um, and probably the most uncomfortable he looked um, all season. And my, in my opinion, um, he couldn't make anything happen. He was getting frustrated. You could see he couldn't charge. He couldn't drop that lap time by two to three seconds like he has. Um, earlier in the year. So um, when I was taping him up in the morning, you know, he's, he's, he, you know, th- there's pain there. there. There's, there's a lot of pain. But so uh, I think, uh, you know, obviously another week off. He's not riding during the week right now and stuff like that. So it's helping. But uh, yeah, a little bit of, a little bit of drama after the first moto. Um, bike issue. We had to do a bike swap. So he rode his, uh, rode his bear bike or B bike, I guess you would call it, uh, in the second moto, which, he actually, he actually ended up riding that in practice too. Um, it was just a weirdo day, and I think, I think any time when championship thoughts, whether you know, he had it on lock. I mean, we know we we knew that, but there's just these weird vibe and weird thoughts going through your head when you're trying to wrap up a championship, um, regardless of the situation. So, uh, fire drill in between motos, but Dylan. I dig, dig will laugh at this. Cause we were talking about it last night in his house. Like after that first moto, Dylan came back and he was like pissed about how he rode and he wasn't happy. And then of course we had to ride the B bike. When he goes to the line for the second moto, he's got this look in his eye, like, like something is really fucking crazy in his eyes. His eyes were all weird looking and he was <laughs> so focused and so like, I went to go give him a fist pump and he
0: fist pumps me, but looked right through me. It was like, I was a fucking ghost. Um, so is, is that the G, Is that the GHB that Michael Lessie's dad always said that all <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got yeah, we got that up up here. So uh, I don't know, man. He he was focused, and obviously
1: the the second moto better start um, and rode that thing home, and and it was a it was a solid moto for him. I mean, not a it was still dominant, but not quite as what we saw in the, earlier in the year. So yeah, it's all good.
2: Yeah, there was a few minutes there in that first moto when he wasn't really moving forward. That I thought, no, maybe he won't get it. But then, before I, I was going to go out and tweet it, and before I could even tweet it, he passed into. Well, second he kind of said first.
0: he kind of yeah. said right before his TV interview in the first moto that the track was a lot. It was different this year. It didn't really have the same sort of flow and width. Um, and yeah. Noof could Newf could probably test it. he ended up riding all week. I didn't get it. I didn't uh, get a chance to ride the whole week. But it, they built a lot of more walls on the sides, and it made it kind of taper in so the main line there wasn't just a lot of options and if the, if there was an option to go to another one it kind of all funneled back into a main line yeah. so he was pretty he was pretty bummed out at how the track kind of formed and he, if again you watch the show us us being there you could tell but like they really didn't have a lot of different options to to make like there was literally maybe five sections not maybe not even four sections on the track where they actually switched lines um yeah. Well, it was, now, it was it was drier too this year. They didn't. It wasn't as wet as it normally
1: is uh, for well, Sunday. Not in that one spot. <laughs> well, yeah, not in the gator pit. The oh gator my pit god, that was formed there. But anyways, yeah. In that first four fifty moto, Dylan came around on the second lap, and I'm like on the radio, I'm like, what the fuck? Just did he go into like a lake or a pond? But he yeah. was. They were all just covered because the rest of the track was fairly dry for the most part. But yeah. obviously they broke a broke a water line. But Zaldi yeah. you're right that. The track the track was awesome. It was still really good, but it did have a lot of walls and banks and inside humps that formed ruts. Um so you couldn't move around as much as you could in years past and with it being dry, those big long sweeping uh off cambers down the hills, it was either inside or outside. There was no middles or a little sneaky uh just on the outside of the inside, if that makes sense. Um it didn't form that this year just because I think that uh with the rain that was there earlier in the week and, and you know, obviously it was a a busy week uh for a lot of people so but anyways either way it was it was hard to pass so
2: so t dags went 2-2 uh i guess pretty much what he's been doing all year except uh that first moto again dylan's hurt with that rib and i think he had some lapper trouble if you look at the lap times there's one two 34 towards the end there but t dags was right on his back wheel at the end of the race so that must have felt good for him he knew
1: yeah i mean i mean tyler rode rode good he always rides good there and he's been having a banner year and i i i still say and i know we've said it for the last however many weeks i i i think this is maybe the best teed eggs we've ever seen as far as consistency and i mean yeah the depth's not there and and this and that but you look you look at him on the bike and he's really gelling with the bike and and you know he's doing just what what he does and and i think he's his body for the most part is fairly healthy and and uh he's not run down it seems like it seems like in years past you know he he always has that whether it's a mid-season or or end of season or the first part of the year he struggles but this year he's been been solid and his starts are obviously good i mean you you very rarely ever see him get a bad start and I mean, he just looks solid
0: all all around. I mean, I, I would I would say this is one of the best t tags we've we've seen. <clears throat> well, if we go uh, I didn't even know this and I'm Mr. Stat guy. He's Clint's second obviously in the championship and that is his best finish in a four fifty championship since two thousand eight yep. when he turned pro. Yeah. Or, or sorry, when he got onto the big bike. And I was like, Oh my god, I didn't even know that. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah. I mean Clamping that right there kind of you know solidifies what you're saying, Noof, about him being this is the best one we've ever seen. And, and I mean, now I'm I'm at the point, too, and I'm like, you know what? I, I got to agree with it. He is <clears> – <throat> he's been strong. He's fast. He's fit. Like, I mean, those have been – but this year, like, he's been – he's charging, you know, sometimes when he used to get passed. You never yeah. really see him fight back. He's always fought back, whether it's Moffatt-Byer or Tanner Ward or Black Mirror or even Dylan at times. So, yeah, I would uh, – I give it up to, to Tyler for sure, man. It's been, a, it's been cool to watch. Obviously I'm a bit of a super fan of his and uh, like many of us are. And actually it was cool. I, I got to see his wife this week cause she was there with the, with the kids and all the other, the best of the family. Yeah. And uh, we were shooting the breeze and we're playing in the pond and having kind of fun. And, She's like Ryan. I love it when you make fun of Tyler saying that I give him my credit card and pay for everything. I just freaking love it. <laughs> yeah, you know, he he's fucking at home. I got to deal with all these kids. He's out riding in the bushes and shit and everything. Oh, swear, she's dropping f bombs and stuff. It was yes. it was pretty funny. It was a good laugh. Oh, that's awesome.
2: Yep. Uh, so Goldie Tanner Ward. Uh, <clears throat> he seems to be finding his groove. We got three, uh, three for third overall. He looked kind of frisky all day, didn't he?
0: yeah um sort of like what what news said about tyler he's always done good at this track uh tanner ward if we remember got a podium as an intermediate rider um Mm -hmm. uh back in uh what was that 17 18 maybe and then he's he's won some motos i think there when he was on ktm and stuff like that so he's always kind of felt good or rode good at this place so i guess you know uh jess pettis on the show i know we're going to talk about that he's like you know there's i asked him in, uh, in the tv booth when he was doing the last moto i'm like what is it about those certain tracks that, you know, where you just know you wake up and it's going to be good. You're like, you're just going to feel good. He's like, it's just confidence, you know, and Tanner Ward, he's got confidence here yeah. and uh, you could tell it all day. Yeah. He was good. Led that first moto, small little tip over. And uh, it was, uh, it was cool to see. You he, he could tell that Tanner wants it. He's not just sort of filling in the spot. Like he, yeah. he wants to be battling with Tyler and, and obviously would love the battle with Dylan, but that's another step. But like he is, you know whether there's a few little rough edges under the team and and a couple little things happen there but they got testing this week and they were working towards a better spot and it showed and uh I love his interviews he's really he's really core with his answers and raw with his with his uh, feelings and stuff so yep. uh yeah it was good it was good to see Tanner Ride he rode great all weekend and, and yeah 3-3 on the day show's it
2: uh so Noof uh Moff and Felix Lopez swap moto scores back and forth uh Moff's- uh, first moto was really impressive uh, I didn't really see what happened but he came from way back up to what was it fourth what do you think of those two guys ride there Neuf
1: yeah the first moto uh, Moff went down right up I think probably two or three corners in um, and cause yeah he was a long ways back took him a while to get going and and yeah, I, I thought it was a good day. I mean, it was his first moto was probably a little bit underrated with the result, um, for the fact that he was quite a ways off the, the lead group. Moto two, I just didn't, I, I didn't think Moff really had it. He didn't seem like he had a lot of jam this weekend. Even in practice, like when I was standing there um, watching the first free practice, it was like Tanner looked good, and obviously T-Dags looked good, and and Dylan didn't look good. He had some issues, um, but in the time qualifying. He just looked flat to me this weekend he didn't look like he had as much you know get up and go like he has had this season um yeah i i wasn't i wasn't overly happy impressed i guess would be the word as far as moff's day went i thought it was i thought it was he was a little bit off where he was lopez i mean that guy's just a fucking grinder like we've been saying I, i watched the after the fire drills with the 250 and the 450, I didn't really go out and, and spot on the track. I just watched uh, in a random spot. I wanted to go watch the big jump, actually. Yeah. And, dude, Lopez was scaring the shit out of me on that <laughs> jump. Like, dude, it got gnarly in the second moto. And these guys are still jumping it. And him and Moff were battling. And, uh, God, that guy is a grinder. Like, he, he just, and I've said it earlier in the year, but he just, like, there's not a whole lot of technique, I guess you could say, um, at least I obviously he has, you know, good talent, but he just sits down and goes and he hits the holes and the bike is bouncing and he's revving a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, like we said, and I know we're winding down the season here. He was, he's a good addition to our, our series. And hopefully we see him you know, continue on here. I, I think we need that international flavor with yeah. with Felix, um, and it, it, it adds value to the series for sure. And like I said, the guy never quits. That that's for sure. He 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 goes he goes hard the whole time.
2: So Goldie, uh, I'll let you just talk about the guys in six through I guess tenth. Uh, you can kind of just pick and choose what you want to talk about. So Liam O'Farrell in sixth, Yannick Boucher in seventh, Logan Lightsell in eighth. I'm not going to try to say uh, St. Cyr's first name uh, in ninth, and then uh, Mitch Cook in tenth. So what out of those guys, what kind of stuck out to you on the day?
0: Um, well, I mean, Liam, uh, he actually rode really good. He got decent starts and, and, and pushed his way through. That was always one of his better ones. And like Tanner Ward, uh, I think it actually was the same day, Liam O'Farrell podiumed behind Tanner Ward on a 252-stroke uh, yep. that day in the mud back in Deschambos. Oh, wow. So he's kind of always had a pretty uh, soft spot for MX Deschambos. So the priority MX guy. Um, and again, almost like the Lopez, Liam's just a grinder. He kind of wears them down. He wears the Bouchers, the Leitzels, the Guillaume. That's how you say is your Guillaume okay. saint here. Uh, he kind of wears those guys down um, just with his, his toughness. Yannick, great, great ride. Great uh, rider. Didn't get a lot uh, to see him on the TV side of no. things but I was, I was able to cheat a little bit out of this little – we were we were in the back of the rig this weekend, and so I was, like, cheating through, like, a hole in the side of the wall, uh, <laughs> a little bit of it, so I was able to see that. But um, decent ride. Uh, Logan Lightsoe got to give them love just for the fact. So you see he crosses the line in 11th. Didn't get him any love on TV or anything. He crossed the line in 11th. Well, he drops his bike, turns around, and Daniel Elmore blew a rear wheel with one lap to go sitting in sixth. Yeah. Goes back and he helps Daniel Elmore push his bike across the line.
2: No and way.
1: McKee as well. Brandon McKee helped him too. I don't know how Brandon McKee ended up there though. Did he? He must have had a bike problem too, or something like
0: that. I think he was out all along. Yeah, his his, his scores are 22 So uh, oh, Brandon right. McKee snapped the chain on the first oh, lap of no, no, not in the moto. This was in practice of the qualifying practice. Didn't even get a qualifying lap in. So oh. luckily enough, our sort of quiet gate in the Canadian series, he was still able to race because there wasn't enna- <laughs> enough was there, guys to fill yeah. the gate or he wouldn't have actually had a qualifying uh, thing, right? Maybe, nah, he would have been top 10. So I don't know if a provisional would have came in there. Um, and then are you choking on that Tomahawk canoe for what, man? What are you yeah, doing? I know. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, <laughs> man. Um, so very cool for Leitzel to do that. Um, uh, and then Guillaume Saint-Serve did didn't see him all day. Literally, I saw him do the leap in practice, uh, and number 27 on the bike. And that's, that's actually look. It says number forty in the scores here. Of course, uh, never never change. MRC is that what we can say? Yeah, I guess um, <laughs> yeah. And then Mitch Cook, he was just kind of out there. He got a pretty bad start in the first moto, and kind of so that whole grouping. They, those guys all put in great efforts, great rides, of like that. But unfortunately, again, with the TV show being the way it is, uh, you know, there was the Tanner Warden and Tyler were so yeah. close in moto two. Dylan Wright took forever to come up to get to the win. Um, you know, we got a little bit of Lopez and Moffelbeier in there. Like, they don't do a good job of showing those guys. It's frustrating for a fan watching it. So they don't do a good job, but these guys also, none of them were in a battle. If you go down and look at the lap times, yeah. they were all, you know, three or four seconds apart from each other. So There, <coughs> there wasn't a lot happening to give them love, but back to the Elmer. Listen to us. This is a weekend spent in Quebec. You come home with a cough. I'm
2: no kidding. I know. Uh,
0: and none of us smoke here online either, so that's good. <laughs> and uh, But I got to give, uh, just outside of that that list you're talking about, um, Daniel Elmore, man, I, I am just more and more impressed with this kid. Uh, breaks a wheel, like literally blew 18 spokes in the back wheel. As, I saw it as we were coming back from the podium interviews, Holy. and he was pushing his bike just out of breath, crossed the line. I'm actually surprised... That he still ended up 29th because they lapped oh. up quite far. Um anyway, and then the second motor got sixth. And I just, I'm super impressed with this kid, man. This kid deserves uh, a gas, Steve Sims gas, gas, or yeah. or uh, or maybe it's a maybe it's a side tent ride with digs or something just to help get some testing or I I don't know. Just I really, really like what I'm seeing on this kid. It's a, it's all heart with him. Uh sorry if you were gonna say something there.
1: Well, yeah, I, I just was going to look at his Instagram post. So I was going to ask you, Galdi, what the deal was with that. So he says, I uh, had a great, I'm um, just reading his Instagram post. Had a great first moto going running six until last lap blowing out my wheel. Shout out to Logan Leitzel and Brandon McKee for helping me push my locked up bike across across. Unfortunately, the ref didn't count it as a finish. I don't agree, but it is what it is. Pulled it together for the second moto. So oh, that's dumb. he
0: uh, no, it's not the outside assistance. Then that is exactly why that is. If that's kids, thinking, those guys yeah. helped him, that's why they were saying then. But I thought that you are a, another
1: rider is allowed to help another rider. Now I'm not. I've never familiar heard that, with this. I've never heard that before.
2: Well, yeah, like if a guy's trapped under a bike, I guess he can help him.
1: Yeah, I guess that's that. how I look at it. I, yeah, like we've seen before. Remember, uh, somebody was what trapped under a bike at Unadilla, and the guy jumped off his bike to help him. I guess maybe that's so, a safety, so,
0: Southwick, actually. Yeah, I remember that. Anyway, safety, but yeah,
1: safety situation or something like that. But um, yeah, I thought it would be legal because it's not like um, you know a team member jumped over the fence or a fan or a what? Yeah, they're not. They're not that.
0: really. They're not really outside. I guess they're. Inside assistance, but it's still I, I, that's still the rule on that. You have to bend, have to be able to push your bike across under its yeah, own it made power. Made for a good right?
1: story. It made for a good story, anyways. Even if the moto didn't count, I mean, the kid yeah. got, it would look great on McKee, McKee and uh, and Leitzel, and as well as yeah, Elmore. Cool. Elmore for doing that. So the Elmore program, I mean, like I, I'm I'm fully on the train with with Gally on this. Like, dude, he's doing it out of a pickup truck and trailer and. He has his brother. One of his hey, brothers.
0: Hey, so sorry, so so, so to interrupt and... you. Sorry so to interrupt you. They have it. So when they do, when they do a docking in the trackside system, or they do a, a result like that, whether it's say a, a jumping on a flag or anything like that, yeah. it does not update the lap chart. He got seventeenth in that moto when he crossed the line. Oh, Okay. So oh, he yeah. says it says right here seventeenth, and they gave him ninth. So it cost him a few points. So yeah, so yeah. he would have got four. we would have got four extra points right there for that for that result yeah okay which would have gave him four it would have gave him 12 not 13 so
2: yeah
1: oh. okay well <laughs> it, 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 it,
0: i would say that that might be if you're if you're a fan of the movie rudy or invisible or any sort of like heartwarming uplifting oh my god tear-jerking story daniel almore is that of 2022 <laughs> it's yeah. it is awesome yeah. it is awesome like he, he, he cue in some nice opera music and And, you know, fans on the side. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure.
2: Okay, is there uh, anything else in 450s that you guys think we should talk about?
0: Uh, Well, Chris Blackmere, DNF both motos. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, So I texted Steve Sims to ask, and I was actually pretty stoked he gives an answer because they were mad at our pod uh, from the week before, more mad at me because uh, I said about how it was kind of weird about him riding on the Saturday with a different number on his bike. Oh, really? And the, and then that they brought all the... The whole team came over to that manager's meeting, but then I talked to Andrew under the tent, who's Chris's uh, mechanic, uh, and he said all the riders, not just the Steve sims team, but the riders, uh, Wyatt Kerr and Brendan McKee, maybe? No, who was the other one now? I can't think of the other one. Uh, two of the other they were, they were over at... <clears throat> The tent at Moncton talked wanted to talk about the safety of the issue that they had at Lee with that yellow flag, so got a little more information on that one. So that was kind of what I said. But anyway, he blew a wheel in Moto number one and a crash in Moto two, and he blew a wheel during the week as well. And I think we can get into this this wheel thing once we get into the two fifty class. That big jump, just b- breaking bikes and wheels all day long, right there. But uh, so, so what, was, what happened to him though? So what
1: happened to him in Moto Two? Then I, I just saw the Red Cross going, and then people running. So just I says he they, crashed. They, they carted him off, though. I heard.
0: I, uh, I no, I don't think he got carted off because I was walking back, and he was well, sitting, and he he was sitting in a chair underneath the Sims tent there, talking, uh, and looked looked normal, looked okay. So I'm okay. not too sure about Carter. And it looked. It, did you see where it happened, Nuth? Like on TV? Well, I, I was trying to figure it out, and it looked like it was the last left hand off camera button hook as they came up to the top where the manager said, "Okay." Yeah, yeah, so he must have swapped. It's like a
1: full swap. Yeah, slow, slow there, slow spot, super yeah. slow, and but rough, but really slow in the deep. Actually, that that section is the deepest sand, so the softest landing. If that makes makes sense, yeah. but yeah, I, I just kind of thought weird spot to crash. Um, yeah, anyways, I I didn't know I. I, for some reason, I, somebody told me they heard he got carted off, but once again, I don't. If you saw him sit well, there, I'm sure
0: he's I saw him. Sit, I don't know how they would have got him carted off from that freaking part of the track. Oh, no shit. The ambulance roads and everything to get to where people needed to. That was, oh, man, that was a huge topic of the conversation. Maybe we can touch by that at the very end of this pod about the ECAN and the, the stuff going on there. But uh, yeah, just getting an, uh, a medic to the situations was a big big issue this week they would have needed to get them out of there they would have needed needed one of those helicopters that pick up you know like
1: the dead trees in the <laughs> yeah. in the in the bush they're, Or pick picking someone up out, the, of the, out of the ocean pick exactly. yeah, someone they up out of drop, the ocean they drop the fucking
0: fingers down and just scoop just them up and the get, get them back off the track that's what's like my, yeah it's like my kids toys picking up a lego or something <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay uh let's head into the 250s then uh Noof, i'll start with you since you know Ryder so well so that was a pretty impressive ride He went two two um, so as far as the championship goes, that's exactly what he needed to do. Uh, what do you think of that, Noof?
1: Yeah, I mean, in a, in, in a sense, the day couldn't have gone much better. I mean, 2-2 two, two for the overall with a little bit of luck in the second moto. Um, obviously, a little bit of luck in the first moto to gain some points or, or take some more points away from Harrison. Yeah. Um, he he was solid all day. Like, he didn't qualify fastest, but he was there. Um his starts were there they weren't perfect but they were there he actually um there's a video around i didn't watch the tv show back because i was driving yesterday but there's a video out there somewhere on triple crown but He got lucky in the first corner because William Crete came up the inside of him, Galdi. I don't know if you could see it, on if it showed it on TV that well, but they connected right as they were turning left because that first corner is pretty high speed. And, man, it shot Ryder right across the track. It could have been ugly. Um, So he got a little bit of luck there, but his starts were good. And, you know, he just – I feel that in Moto one, he came through the pack – he had an unbelievable line. The, all the passes he made was in basically one section of the track, and that was in the very back, off the steep uh, drop-off. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it showed it on TV, but yeah, he went yeah, around. Yeah. He went around racing there. He went around a bunch of guys.
2: Um, jumped past Harrison there too, and, didn't
1: he? Kinda. He passed Harrison there. Um, he just kept making it work, and nobody was catching on to it. And I thought for sure we were talking about it over the radio. I'm like, I'm like put on the pit board don't execute until he knows he can execute because i thought like harrison was going to find that line and then it, he wouldn't have been able to get around him but um yeah i mean he was stoked after the first moto you kind of saw with two or three laps ago, uh he did back it down on natsuki he was coming for him natsuki pulled out Ryder pulled back in they kind of yo-yoed a bit um and this and that and then moto two the same thing his start was you know it was okay and 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 uh Jeremy McKay was way out front, but uh, it seemed like he hit the wall a little bit and and Natsuki was coming and that's what we were worried about. Obviously wanted the overall. Mm-hmm. But uh and Harrison kinda, you know, didn't walk away from him, but Ryder just managed uh managed points. And I mean it it worked. It's not the same thing we would have saw last year. I, I feel that you know, the maturity and the experience of the situation he was in last year. Cause Deschambeau was a complete fucking disaster for, for rider He didn't ride good. He got shitty starts. He went down everything like that. But, uh, he's gotta be feeling confident with, uh, with 20, it's 23, right? Goldie? Yeah. Yeah. 23. Uh, yeah. 23 going into a track that he rides extremely well at. Um, but he can have a pretty relaxed day with the guys, you know, with, with how things are going. Even if yeah. Harrison goes 1 1, um, he's
0: got a, a, a really comfortable buffer, um, let's say, to, to, to bring this thing home. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get in the next thing, don't execute until you execute. Do you guys have like a bigger pit board than other people? <laughs> <laughs> or is it, or do you limit your paragraphs? Do you not use. Do you use punctuation? Like always, <laughs> yeah. That's, seemed like uh, a, that seemed like a lot to put on there. Is that one of those MXGP wow. ones, like a big chalkboard? Yeah, yeah big chalkboard. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. You, you get you get what I mean.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, new if you mentioned Harrison, uh, I guess his day was kind of marked by that first moto that just didn't go well. Even when he was up front, he seemed like he was kind of riding defensively, and he wasn't really riding forward. Uh, and then another thing that stands out was that uh, scary detour he took. Uh, oh, my God. The oncoming traffic. Oh, my so, God. Go ahead, Like go. Right in front of me.
0: Right in oh,
1: front you, of you me. saw it, right Dave. Okay, Okay. Like, I was even. right there, and I was like, oh, my. I freaked out over the radio, and, like, everybody was like, what happened? What happened? And I was like, you should, like, that
0: could have been nasty if that was earlier in the moto, eh? Yeah, if there was more guys oh God. coming back up. Well, William Crete was just ahead of it, right? And he was coming up the hill uh obviously it wasn't it wasn't as close as like it could have possibly been but what a moment like wow like he and it's <laughs> i don't know if you heard this in the interview ken because I, I didn't bring it up. i brought this kind of up after but i brought it up in the interview I was, I was trying to kill time a little bit for the tv show i had to kill some time so i asked him yeah. a second question and i'm like in the second moto i'm like hey let's go back and talk about that moment in, in the first moto there and he's like oh I, I think i came back on the track just fine like i didn't do anything wrong no. And it made me it made me feel like you thought I was asking him if like no. if, I, if I wanted to penalize him or something. No. And I'm like, no, 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 yeah, no, I that guess, was I you were fine, yeah. but but uh, yeah, what a what a crazy moment that could have been and how ugly it could have been for mm. for all, but yeah, we had it clear on TV. We were trying to go around uh, Quinn Ammiot for fifth and uh, just yeah, that first photo just nothing clicked. he He didn't get a great start. he didn't really seem to make things happen. He couldn't seem to make passes. And then when oh. he was trying to make passes, he was fighting, and it just never seemed to uh, seem to kind of work in his favor. And then yeah, he ends up ends up sixth place, and um, huge huge point swing. Actually, sorry, I shouldn't say he didn't get a good start. He started second. My fault. Um, yeah, he didn't you know, get, yeah, he got he got the whole shot. I forgot he got the whole yeah, shot. Now got shot, yeah. him in the second turn. Yeah, I mean, he, sorry. But um, then his. But then his pants broke. Did you see his? his oh, pants that's broke.
1: right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah
0: his Dude, ass his, was hanging.
1: Out. His, his ass was like way down. It had to be super uncomfortable. Um, and then he went down with a lapper um, oh, when they that's were all what it was. kind of bunched up. He went down with Luke Svensson, BC's own Luke Spencer. <laughs> <to go. laughs> oh. And I don't it wasn't on purpose, obviously. No, no. It got, they got into a big pack. I um, mean, he went down. And then he couldn't get his bike going. I was hearing this all over the radio. I didn't actually see where he went down.
0: No, we didn't get it on then, TV either.
1: But then the pants were even further down. Like it was <laughs> unbelievable how far his pants were down. I felt bad for him. Like his ass crack was literally the whole thing was showing. Oh, okay. We did not see that, that, that on suck. TV. Ass and balls all over Fox Sports Racing Live. <laughs> wow. Okay. But then he puts that. on that charge. Then he puts on that charge. But I guess I had heard. Um, that when he had that scary, scary moment, um, he lost his rear brakes, which would make sense. Oh yeah yeah, which, yeah, yeah, he which just
2: just drove off. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which would make sense to what happened
1: because that after that, uh, you know, it was it was he was pretty calm after that. But he did get he did get amiot on the last lap somehow. Oh, did he? No, uh, no, he didn't. He got fit. Oh yes, he, he did actually. Yeah, he got no, he right. amiot with like two or three corners
0: to go. Because I was walking back and no and way, wow. Still, I, you know what's funny we didn't have the sheets in front of us uh, for television we were working on a 6-1 as far as the points in total and everything goes so that no, makes, five one. Yeah, yeah. No, it was 5-1 yeah that was a 5-1 okay wow I, good, good job on television there Ryan Dahl expert
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um, back to uh, to uh, lap traffic here uh, Noof, I know you run the races though. do you guys not have a blue flag uh, lesson out there in PC <laughs> yeah I don't know <laughs> just poking fun there kids just poking hey. some fun okay
2: Uh, so Natsuki took off on that first moto like you said Harrison got the whole shot but Natsuki was past him in two corners I think and then just kind of took off but then he ended up 32nd in the second moto
1: um second moto not a great start but was was charging no question uh was coming through and like him and Ryder were kind of coming through kind of at the same pace Ryder get a guy uh Natsuki would get a guy and so on and, and so forth but uh with about, I guess it was about three, four laps to go, all of a sudden he just slowed right down, and uh, they ended up pushing the bike off. Um, what was weird, and I don't know what happened. I just assumed that the bike blew up, and that might have been the case. But when we got back, when we got back to the to the semi, PRMX was parked right next to us, and the bike fired up. They had it running. They were looking at it. It really? was running again. So I don't know if it. Uh, I don't know if it... I know this sounds stupid. Did he run out of gas? Did it Did it, uh, Did it? boil the fuel? Did something happen, clearly? Because, obviously, Josiah's not a quitter. We've seen that. Yeah, uh, I, know. I, he, I
0: texted Julian. I texted Julian about oh, it. Oh, like you said. say? The, the ECU bracket broke. Oh. And it snapped the, the cord, I guess, basically, okay. out of the ECU. Oh, so it just unplugged
1: or broke yeah. the cable wires out of it. Yeah, so bummer for him. And he looked bummed, right? Because, obviously, you know, he's here to win motos and and just try to do what he can can do but yeah. uh his first moto was impressive i mean it was a mature ride and and i i really like that guy i've never talked to him personally but I, when i was walking off the track i i gave him the thumbs up and he gave me a thumbs up back like i, I really like that guy just for the fact that i think he once again he's another good addition to the series and
2: yeah
1: and i don't know what 2023 uh has in store for him but you got to think that some of these teams—we can talk about it a little bit at the end with the silly season stuff—but you got to think some of these teams will be interested. Obviously, Julian's going to want to keep him. I don't know what his program is, and I know he's doing supercross with Julian.
0: But um, yeah, bummer, bummer that the bike broke, but that that happens when they're going that fast. If you add in, he, he probably would have got to fourth. So give him that 18 points. It puts him uh, just just a little bit behind Piccolo for fifth in the series. So he most likely would have been – he still probably can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he still probably can get to fifth. So, yeah, like he, it looks like he might be able to still finish top five in our series um, even with that little well, bubble.
1: I think he would have got third in that uh, – I think he would have got third in that Sakamoto, moto, um, which would have gave him the overall, right? So we ah, True, to beat, yeah, that's right, yeah. We needed to beat him by two. He would have probably got Makai – in the second moto, I don't know if he would have got rider, although they, they were matching kind of lap time, so it was it was close, but uh, yeah, he would have got the overall right up into the point that the bike broke. Uh,
2: Sebastian Racine Galdi, he, uh, he's he been pretty good down the stretch here. Uh, I think he's kind of just setting himself up for uh, to take a big step next year and, and be one of those uh, every weekend front runners. Uh, what do you think Goldie?
0: I would agree I would agree with that I think next year it'll be safe to say I mean depending on who's who's here who who gets hired all that kind of stuff you could probably put Racine in in championship type talks or definitely more podium type talks he's been impressive all years he was a little quiet on this day. he got two good starts which helped him yeah but and um you know but when he got passed every, everybody that did pass him Kind of left him, um, in a sense. I mean, not by a ton, but obviously pulled away and gave him gave that cushion. But he's been good. Like I'm, I'm impressed with the kid. He's a rookie. He's he's just kind of fitting in. Um, he's the bike is obviously a good bike. He gets great starts, um, and he's carrying the flag over there. Jess Pettis, uh, Piccolo, not able to do it, and and Racine doing a great job. So yeah. I think it's safe to say that KTM, uh, the Red Bull parts Canada, the Thor guys over there, they they re sign him. Um, we'll get into the silly seasons talk a little bit, but yeah, I would say that he has solidified his ride under that tent for next year and that we would all, uh, as part of the preview, part of things, when we talk preview that he'd be a guy that'd be like, man, I think Sebastian could win a moto and maybe mm. an overall this year and maybe yeah. even two, uh, coming into
2: 2023. Okay. So, um, Amiot, Amyot and Kerr, Noof. I'll let you talk about those three guys. Uh, Mackay obviously had a really good ride on, on his, uh, his new bike. Uh, Amiot was kind of bland. It didn't really see him much. He got six Six. That's kind of where he's been. And then Wyatt Kerr had his best race of the year, or I guess ever, uh, when he uh, getting sixth. Uh, I know when I talked to him in Drumheller, his his goal was to get into that top five. And I mentioned that in the first podcast, and Galdi said, "Oh, that'll be tough to do," but he's getting really close. Uh, what do you think, Noof?
1: No, I agree with all those things that you just said, Ken. Um, I'll start with Mackay. Uh, He didn't have a great first moto. Obviously, he was on the factory KTM Red Bull Thor racing team this weekend. He got the fill-in spot for Piccolo, um, which I think he gelled really well with the bike. Obviously, I know he ran his own suspension um, on the bike, but motor-wise, package, everything like that, uh, different gear, different boots, everything. So he was on the team, and, man, that – so I – I won't talk much about the first moto because I, I it wasn't great. He, he went down at about halfway, yeah. actually right in front of me in and off camber. Um, looked like he was kind of struggling a little bit. But, dude, second moto, um, I missed the first four laps because we were swapping bikes for Dylan uh, for the 450 moto.
0: Yeah.
1: I walked out, and, I, dude, he had a massive lead. Like, he, did, he yeah. threw yeah. down on those first five, <laughs> was it five or six laps probably, Galdi. like halfway yeah. into the moto, i'm like holy shit this kid's gonna win this thing like he was gone
0: yeah
1: um and but he was riding like really 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 aggressive and and you had to wonder is he is his fitness going to be i'm not saying that he's not in shape but to run that pace was something different than he's ever done in his life in my opinion but uh, it looked like to me he hit the wall, and, and he might not fully agree with that, but there's no question that he, his lap times dropped uh, pretty hard because I was looking at watching the, the lap board um, and whatnot, but still good to hold on for third. I mean, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I'm sure KTM had to be stoked that they – you know, he got third in that moto and got to go up on the podium and stuff. And, and I would assume that we see him, uh, he didn't tell me, but I assume that we see him back up on the on that bike for, for Walton to finish out the year. And who knows for Supercross if Piccolo's coming back or, or whatnot. Uh, Piccolo did, and I will uh, uh, kind of go off uh, topic here a little bit, but Piccolo did put out a, a quote-unquote statement yesterday with uh, about his hand injury and stuff like that. That. so it is a bit of a waiting game to see what's going on with that looks like he needs to get further evaluation on it um i agree with you ken it, he did seem a bit flat all day he didn't have that um big race charge like he has at the end um he looked a bit flat 6-6 six, six for uh for fifth overall which is still fifth is good and that's good yeah it, it, continue, yeah, it continues on his you know, consistent, solid season. Um, but I feel that it's going to be a little bit disappointing because I, I think that there's no question that he's had the the sniff of the podium. You know, he had he has had the taste of kind of running up in that front group, but he was quite quite far off this weekend. And Wyatt Kerr, second moto, fifth place. I mean, he did get two good starts, um, and rode up there like really well. Um, mm. Full privateer effort. Um, with him and his dad, and, and you know, his dad was stoked. I was under the tent uh, when he was walking back, and his dad's thumbs up. Like, they're just yeah. passionate yeah. Uh, moto guys and just love to be there. So to, to get the results to back it up, of all the tens of thousands of dollars that they're spending and the time on the road, and his dad's trying to work remotely and, and this and that, that, that fifth makes it all worthwhile, in my opinion, for, for Wyatt. No, yeah. no question. So That's good awesome. kid. Good
2: ride, and I think there's still more in the tank Tank there. Okay, Galdi, uh, I guess there's two more guys that I want to talk about. So Rosina went down to the 250. He went 10-8 for eighth. Uh, and then also, I'll get you just to talk about Zach Ufumzef. He got seventh in the second moto, so that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: really good, really good run.
2: Yeah, so you go ahead on those two guys and tell us what you think. Yeah,
0: well, okay. So the Western one, it was kind of cool. They decided just to drop him down. Uh, obviously, he was sitting inside the top ten in the four fifty points, it would be a great finish for him. And but the team discussed and they said, you know what, we need a guy in the two fifty class and a guy in the four fifty class. So he uh, moved down and um, he did. He rode good. Like the first moto, he was dead last off the start or, or, or crashed in the first lap. bunch. I'm, I'm unsure of exactly what happened. Uh, on the first lap, because uh, when he crossed the stripe, the first green, like, when they do it, which is pretty quick, he was 38, and then the next one, he was 26. So, basically, from that first lap, or, sorry, after that first lap, from 26 to 10, that's a hell of a ride. Okay, nice. uh, in a field that's a lot harder to make moves and passes than, say, that 450 field. So, yeah. pretty cool to see him, you know, see him do that. Um, and, um, just, like, another good story this year. You know, he's kind of coming back, and Kind of trying to re- rebirth that career again and stuff like that, so it was cool to see for um, for Weston on that and good good results for the for the MX101 guys for a fill and ride for, with Canella now gone and then to Ufimzef, I mean that's seventh place, that's his best career finish, I believe. Newfie, that's oh his, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah, that'd right? be yeah, career best for him. Yeah, right. so the first mode, I'm not too sure. Again, uh, these these guys don't get a lot of love when you're in the TV booth when they're back in the 14th or 15th. We don't have spotters again. This is a frustration I have that we're not looking for these things. But whether or not he was in a battle, I'm not, I'm not too sure uh, for Zach. But, um, I mean, that sev- seventh in the second moto, it, it, it looks like he was able to get himself off to a, a pretty decent start. Um, actually, not really. It was about 12. It's his 12th here on that green and then 10th by the end of the real first lap. So, And then he got lucky, obviously, with the Natsuki. He would have finished eighth, but still seventh place. Um, I, you know, good kudos to him. Uh, getting that off there, I mean, I, I bet you that's a feel good for the him and the dad are the ones doing the series too, kind of like a Wyatt Kerr, they're a in it, if you will. So I bet you he's a uh, very, very happy with the way that feels going into this final round coming up with the Transcan. And again, you, you like seeing it, whether it's bikes breaking or a little bit of luck on their side, yeah. the Zephs, the Tanner Scotts, the 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 Wyatt Kerrs, the these kind of the, even the Jeremy Mackay after that, you, you love seeing these kind of rebounds after very tough outings either the week before or the yeah. four races before you i just love that shit i love it i love seeing when even though you know because kids nowadays they're a little more sensitive than, than back in the day a little if they find a little harder to rebound and it's cool to see them do kind of that kind of stuff so good on all those those guys and kerr new from zef uh hell hell of a sunday for your boys
2: so next year i, I want to try and get out to a, a race in the east and i'm trying to decide which one i think after watching deschambault that looks like a really fun track To watch live because that big jumps and and sandy and stuff like that and it's in quebec which seems like a really nice place and it's close to quebec city would you guys say and newf i'll start with you is that probably one of the top ones if you're heading out east to to go check out
0: well
1: i said it right from the get-go i mean obviously the track is phenomenal it's got the Nice fencing, and it's got that big tower. How many people, go do you think were in that tower? <laughs> uh, that well, I, said, I
0: said, <laughs> said 5,000 people on the property, you blew it away, so I'm gonna say 5,000 in the tower. <laughs> yeah, no, shit. but yeah, like
1: the, the Quebec fans are passionate, and like of you know, our nine rounds that we have outdoors, like you know, obviously Moncton's a good one because the fans are passionate, but man, there was there was so many people there like they showed that drone shot on on their instagram and like Uh, there was a lot of people there like i don't know the exact number and we'll probably never find out but that was that weekend last weekend was the closest we feel that we can get to a u.s national in my opinion there's kids there's women running around there's fucking signs there the poster we went through more posters at the t- for the team this weekend than we did it all the rounds combined oh wow um the the this the track itself um it's the closest feel we get to a u.s national there's no question there's vendors there's food trucks they're selling booze they're selling fucking hot dogs nice. like it's just it, it it just has that feel there's people hanging over the fence it's lined up two or th- three deep like um, I'm saying there was closer to ten thousand people there. I could be way off, but I mean you think about it, there was nine hundred amateur entries, so just put those people in there alone. And we didn't have the steady stream of traffic, galdi of amateurs leaving throughout the day. Of course there was some, but fuck they couldn't they
0: could still because they, could. they couldn't <laughs> get out. They couldn't get yeah. out. They couldn't get out. They couldn't get out. We were jammed in there. They lock you in there. So So um, um, yeah, it's funny sorry, you're talking about the food vendors. Just a quick little note. I get a text from JSR, he's like man they didn't have any really really good food there and i was like you know what you're kind of right literally every barbecue all they cooked all they cooked was all they cooked was hot dogs all they cooked was hot dogs so, but they were good they were good dogs I I, I I had a hot dog too um but uh it was uh, the other thing too they had a gin and, a gin and tonic booth set up that was unbelievable okay so i just happened to be walking by when matthew is um or not matthew sorry matthew's the announcer uh, uh jacob story the son of of De- uh, daniel and he's like oh hey come here and me and my wife are literally gonna go buy a hot dog for the kids and we, we freaking He's like here come over and this guy's got a f- i felt like i was the only thing missing was a little tiki hut and, and me and me and some swim shorts walking yeah. up to the pool bar and this guy <laughs> yeah. fully just making me this gin and tonic with with uh, um uh, limes that were dried, oh my God, it was unbelievable, it was like the best drink I've ever had, I'm like, okay, erase all these people here, There's, I'm at the sand, it's kind of like the beach, yeah. it was freaking, yeah, it was, they definitely know how to uh, really, you know, make the motorsports community, make the motocross community really feel like, <laughs> like New said, man, that was, it felt very American, a very, very big, like, it just felt like our sport was just the best it has ever been in that moment on that Sunday, man. The, the fans, the, the crowd. The only—I would say—the only negative about that place, as far as that park goes, for you can—you say you want to go. It's not a great spectator track.
2: Oh, really? Like unless to, you're in the tower. To to, yeah, unless, unless you're, in you're the
0: yeah, tower. yeah. Unless you're in the tower, you can only see little <laughs> chunks of the track.
2: So, Galdi, earlier you mentioned Pettis. Um, what did you think of doing uh, the broadcast with Pettis? I thought he did a pretty good job. He—he's yeah. again, same as Jack Wright the other weekend. He. Kind of knows everybody and and uh, can talk about it from a first person perspective. But what did what did you think?
0: I I loved it. I thought he did a great job. Uh, he made some good comments about the riders. He he uh, you know he, he could tell a little bit of frustration of him not being out there. Yeah. But he yeah. also made you know we talked about the, the tires and and testing and and stuff like that. It was kind of cool doing the 451 because it was a little bit quieter if you will I mean every every race the weekend it had some, some drama too but it wasn't crazy like what it's been um, And but the, for, we, we got to get a little more insight from him on certain things and stuff like that and he is not signed for 2023 yet he's not no, no. he brought that up on the show he says yeah hopefully we'll be able to put that together here soon and then uh, we might as well kind of trend right from this into starting to start get into the silly season talk yeah, yeah. all three of the KTM Red Bull guys are not signed but have the option to sign so they are not contracted yet for 2023, um, but they have they have a contract in their hands, uh, or not in their hands, but they have the ability to re-sign with the team. Um, um, I don't know if it's at the moment or coming or whatever, but um, yeah, all three of them do sort of things. So, um, but yeah, he was good, man. I, I, I've always liked Jess Pettis. I think he's well-spoken. Yeah. He's he's got a great story behind him. You know, like we kind of talked about that in the show. Like when he first went from intermediate to pro him and uh, him wrote him weston rosina and dylan wright all came in the same year after 2013 and Wes and rosina actually came in with the more height out of all three of them oh, really? dylan wright kind of surpassed that a little bit but did had his tough times and then has found his way and then pettis in a very similar fashion took some time did a, a privateer year there on a yamaha and then the mx 101 guys grabbed him and actually pettis and wright were teammates and then boom, they both their careers both kind of took off there. Um, again, we go back to that MX 101 thing, eh? That's man, the, the riders coming out of the place, the team, people they've had on the team, and where they've gone.
2: Yeah,
0: um, we can do a pretty cool story about those guys over there. Yes, I love Kevin Tyler but, and that place, but there's a lot of wild and very big name, na- big name racers coming either out of that place or through that place in some shape or form. So, but uh, yeah, he was good, man. It was awesome to have Jess. I was kind of surprised to see him at that one but I guess he kind of has a place in Montreal so that place it was close for him and I believe his girlfriend is French too so um uh yeah he he was a good addition I I would I would have him in the booth all all the time anytime he was he was fun to chat with uh
2: okay so like you said Galdi we could probably just get into some other silly season stuff well actually before that you I didn't hear about this till this morning when I was talking to you Galdi but Apparently Zach Osborne is coming up to ride uh, up here in Canada. Yeah,
0: um, I'm unsure when that happened. I, I, don't know, I, went to, I don't know when time new for you went to bed and everything. Like so we've been kind of hearing rumblings of this, like Zach was going to come, but I didn't really have a, I didn't think that it was going to be linked with Husky Canada and all that stuff. And that is who actually put out the post. But I don't know. I think I crawled in about nine o'clock last night watching a movie, and I don't, I did not see the post last night. I woke up the, this morning and there it was all over my phone. So, yeah, Zach Osborne is coming to uh, TransCan as, like, a a Husky Canada uh, official rider just kind of for fun and and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that's awesome. I think that's super cool to go. He'll ride the 450. It kind of made it sound like when we were getting text messages new from the group, it kind of made it sound a little bit like he was going to come ride the amateur stuff. Like, maybe the plus 25 class just for fun and stuff like that. But I guess maybe... That's bullshit. He better not. (laughs) That's (laughs) new class, Yeah. But um, I, I don't I, – maybe I just misread some of the text messages in the group chats we were in. But um, regardless, he's coming, and that's going to be very cool. And then obviously the next thing, I've already had DMs, and I woke up to probably seven or eight DMs of like, oh, man, Dylan Wright's going to have to get on it now. Dylan Wright, can you beat Dylan Wright? And okay, so Dylan Wright's beat up, yes. Uh, he's got another week off and all that kind of thing. And this is not even remotely off, top, or, or off kilter. But in my honest opinion, I do not think – Zach Osborne in his current form of casual, laid-back, retired sort of racer could beat Dylan Wright right now. And that's – I'm going to say that going into this race, I still think Dylan Wright will be the fastest guy and still be able to go a 1-1. Well,
1: the uh, (laughs) – Okay. Of course, you know, like, <laughs> it's, of course, like, and trust me, I think this is awesome that Zach's coming up. It's a big-name guy. It will put more focus on our series. This is what we've been missing all year, yes. right? Like, we're yes. missing that, that American attention, maybe that world attention, because obviously Zach is a class, you know, world-class athlete, and he is retired now, and I think it's completely awesome that he's coming up. But direct motocross puts out a poll last night. And I don't remember the exact word uh, wording of it, but uh, does Zach Osborne um, knock Dylan right off his perfect season, yes or no? And literally, it was yes. Everybody was going yes, yes, yes. And then Osborne commented on the tweet and said, guys, come on. Dylan is a beast. I'm retired. Like, let's not <laughs> get awesome. crazy here. Like, even Zach's saying, like, I'm not... I don't think he thinks deep down that he's going to come up here and wax these guys. He's fucking retired and he's yeah. just doing it for fun. And I'm sure it's part of his Husky, um, you know, deal with being an ambassador and, and this and that. And, you know, obviously with the U S and Canada, that so close, closely working together. Like let's not get carried away here. Yes. Zach is a, a former 450 motocross champion. Um, but, Dylan's good, and yeah. and T Dags is good, and Tanner's good, and and like, uh, do I do I see Zach battling for podiums? Yeah, of course. But uh, it wouldn't shock me if he went four or four. Uh, honestly, like I'm, I I think that our our top three guys they're they're in the moment. They they know the tracks, and like it's uh it's not like he's gonna come up here and smoke these guys. I mean, he admits <clears throat> it.
0: He knows. Yeah. That, so no, kind of- it, a little bit. That's just uneducated, uh, you know, drama build. I guess you know what I mean. Like, I obviously, Billy's been around the track a long time, but hey, he want to build some hype, trying to build some hype around it. You know, yeah, and it does. click clickbait, clickbait. Yeah. But it was awesome if Zach actually Zach did that. So basically, everybody should, I don't know, shut the fuck up and let the gate drop, and the guy's yeah, gonna go see. race it, basically kind of thing. So it's just cool to have him. That's how that's He'd how we probably, should look at it. It's cool to have he him does,
1: Yeah, he probably does ride during the week, though, I bet, because he's coming oh, yeah. up in his motorhome. And I bet he does ride during the week. I mean, I mean, for me, i would be cool. I'll, I'll try to line up beside him. Be, at least I can say I lined up beside Zach Osborne. He'll yeah. smoke me,
0: but that would be cool. <laughs> get a photo. See if he'll get a photo with me.
2: Yeah, try and hit the first jump up beside him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Goldie, was there any other silly season stuff that you wanted to talk about?
0: um well newf was the one that sort of sent the text actually because we i got told that i'm not really allowed to talk about the stuff that i got told about on saturday night but there could be some pretty interesting switches um come come next year um as i said i think the red bull guys are all they're all have the option whether that is uh uh taken by all three of them unsure but that's kind of the the thing about the canines here so one thing i think i can confirm is that Tanner Ward and Dylan Remple, they are secured in their rights. Uh, Dylan Wright obviously secured wherever the fuck he wants to do in Canada, so that's done. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure Ryder McNabb uh, has a team and an offer and pretty much solidified, and he will not be back in Canada for next year, uh, If he, even if he does win this title, which kind of sucks, but this is what we've always asked of, say, Colton Facciotti or Dusty Klatt yep. or a thing, and he's now at that age, and it looks like he may have the opportunity uh, myself, and Nufa have more information on that. We probably won't lay it out until they they talk about it. So that so there's a spot on the Hana Canada GDR team that needs to be filled. Now on that team, it's going to have you know if all things go well next weekend, they're going to have a red plate or a number one plate going into 2023. So they need a rider to fill that spot. That could be that same you know. Same person? Do they yeah. go after stealing a Mitchell Harrison? Do they go after a, a Jacob Piccolo? Do they maybe take a chance on Marco Canella? Like th- the pot is not that deep on what we have in front of you. Maybe it's Natsuki. Maybe yeah. they try to do a Notsky. So there's no confirmation on any of this stuff, but there are some spots that need to be filled. Where does CC a Sims Gas Gas thing uh, fit in with it? Where they're they're obviously struggling with results right now in both classes at the moment. Um, is it going to have a full swing and go for an American guy? Will Russian Bob be allowed to come back in? Um, so there's going to be a lot of uh, stuff, and then of course the Kobukid guy, Alex, he says he's getting a rig. Like they're getting a rig, they're yeah. all in. You nice. know what I mean? Obviously, T-Dags will be their top guy, but maybe they're going to have a second 450 guy. Yeah. Uh, and there is no qualms under that team about you know bringing up an American. Where um, under the Haunted Canada and the GDR team, they've rarely had an American. They only did the Alessi. Thing and that was sort of a, a sidebar deal, not really a full sort of deal. So, yeah. um, you know, does two trick Al Dick make a comeback? I, so anyway, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that can be discussed. Um, but I think I think this sort of for sures, if you will, the for sures. Like I said, I think I think Tanner Ward and Dylan Rumpel, they're they're solidified in their spots. The, the, Dylan Rumpel's like a project kid uh, that's that's doing okay. He didn't have a great weekend this weekend, but uh, project kid and Tanner Ward. I, I, Canela is. 98% out of MX 101. So where does he go? Does he go to a 450? Um, and you know, we'll so we'll see that. Um uh, Kevin Tyler told me that Sean Malthenbeyer is 100 percent back in for next year on the team because he's just a great leader under the tent. Um and then of course look at all these young kids. We just talked about a bunch. We're Jeremy McKay, Wyatt Kerr, Tanner Scott, uh Tyler Yates is having a quietly a, dif- a decent yep. year. Quinn Amiot, uh the Manlock team, like Michael- uh, when I talk to Quinn, it says, Frank, the manlock owner, they're in all-board all, all board next year. But now do they want, if they're going all-in bo- uh, you know all in on board, unfortunately, T. Perrott really not having a great year. Does he get replaced by maybe a high-end American? Yeah. Or do they go after a Marco Canella on a forfeit? So anyway, these are uh, not a lot of solidified. There's a couple more solidified answers, but it's a little more, uh, it's too too early on before we start ratting them out and, and bearing some information. But um, maybe new f- has got a little bit more to that stuff that I've just kind of touched on.
1: Well, I think everything you said there is spot on. The the vibe I'm getting, and now this is going to, obviously this year in, in, in both classes, and, and we've said this right from day one, you know, we don't have that American, uh, you know, showstop. You know, we lost Gerke, we lost the Marshall Weltons, like, we don't have, you know, the Michael Lessie anymore and, and the Christophe Porcel and the Davy Millsap that all kind of have come come through and created that hype. And the, the teams this year, you know, they went with the roster that they thought that, you know, was going to be competitive. And and I, personally, I, I think everyone's tired of getting beat by, by Honda. I, I mean, they're literally... Yeah. It's, it's the vibe that I get from Cowie. It's the vibe I get from KTM, from MX101. I mean, they want... To get in that mix and right now they're not with with what they have so depending on what happens with the world right now and the economy and and you know there's all this recession talk and and this and that i think 2023 could be a year where we see some there there's lots of americans that will be available like lots of name guys or international guys, the you know uh, bobbershaves and these these guys that are kind ben of later Lawson. in the pre-
0: yeah, Lawson. Lawson. yeah,
1: exactly. Like these guys that are maybe in a little bit of a either at the end of their career or a little bit of a low in their career that could come over here and and really be be a player. So I, I think like. You know, I don't want to go, like, say, you know, how things switched in 2000, where where things went crazy and we had so many big-name guys and, and whatnot, but I get that vibe a little bit, and I'm not sure, Goldie, if you get the same thing, but it's these guys know that with the talent that we can pull from Canada, and this is no shit uh, talk on any of the Canadian guys, but they need to reach outside the box. Um, yeah. If they want to beat Dylan or even beat Natsuki next year or even Piccolo if Piccolo gets healed up and and kind of you know, obviously it's, it hasn't been a great season for him but there's no question that Piccolo can still win like I mean Daddy. it's not like just cuz he had one one shitty year so do we see Piccolo switch teams switch up his program and and if if Ryder leaves does does Jake go red I mean I think that would be a good spot I I don't know but um I think that as far as the on our team side of things with Honda I, it's going to be Canadian. I, Diggs loves Canadian. I think Honda loves Canadian guys. Yeah. Um, and in the last few years, you know, or a lot of years, we've been fortunate with Faciati and Dylan, and obviously Ryder now. If he pulls this thing off, which is looking pretty good, um, I just get a, I got a feeling, gut feeling, and from being at the team managers meetings and stuff that. People are going to be pulling, um, and, and obviously with Kabaquid, there's <laughs> their, their balls deep in, and same as Manlock, and they can pull uh, some outside sponsorship and, and get a big-name guy to come here and
0: and, and and win, right? Well, and the thing we've talked about before, if it, to, to beat Dylan next year if he's not injured and everything like that, if Dylan is sticking around and stuff like that, it's not going to be just a big-name guy. It's going to be a fucking, have to be a solid-name yeah. guy. Like, you're not going to get... Um, Bogo, or, no. or, you know, like you're, a guy's going to have to be a legit, solid, like, it's, I don't know, it's going to have to be a, a, it's just like back in the day when they brought up Damon Huffman to beat JSR, or yeah. never happened, well, yeah. and, never, and it didn't happen, right, or Colton Fasciotti, they got Purcells, and they got the Gurkies. they beat him at times when he was hurt, but when he was legit, he didn't get beat. Yeah. He, uh, uh, he knocked off Phil Nicoletti, he was legit. So, you and, need a, you need a, you need a Sivacci
2: yeah,
1: type and better. To beat dylan here yeah i think i think, think savachi would be a stretch i mean see, I, he, I, I do
0: i agree he got a
1: he got a podium this year at redbud like <laughs> i i still can't see him coming up here and walking all over dylan because the thing is with dylan is that we're seeing him at about i would say at this point about 70 percent, and i think there's more in the tank and i think he's only going to get better he's still young and he's comfortable It would have to be a a legit top five guy. Not saying that if Dylan went down at 100%, he's going to go top five in every moto in the U.S. We know that doesn't work that way. But bringing one of those guys up here with the team that he's on and everything like that... yeah, it needs to be like a big, big name guy. Ben Watson, go, I love that one. I don't know why. I don't, I know, that would be, I, I I don't know why that popped in your head, but that, <laughs> he, he would. He would be a guy that that could win here. I, I really do believe because that's a guy that that uh, Dylan battled with. Um, yeah. And mxgp last yeah. year right he yeah. was in that group with with watson and uh and not that, that those types
0: of level guys right which is, is world class but i the reason it came up i listened to those gp review podcasts and he's he's in a real struggle position right now he's mm-hmm. on the factory Cowie, having a horrible year and they're they were just saying they were kind of talking silly season at the end of their review and they're like he doesn't really have anywhere to go and i'm like man maybe that guy could be someone that could come to canada yeah. and he could bring yeah. up he i think he's got like a bit of a money support squad like maybe yeah. help a team over here with some money kind of thing almost like the barbershop type uh plan was right because that's that's more what a, a team here needs of that kind of guy for them to bring yeah. in a little bit of the money say if they could bring 50 grand just to help yeah. influx into the team to help there, that because our teams they can get bikes and parts and and our, our everybody's team bikes and all that stuff it's quality shit like it's not garbage yeah. right everybody's bikes yeah. are good bikes like they're quality yeah. World class machinery, so it's just a matter of making sure they got enough money to make sure they can pay the contingencies if they do win motos, the hotel bills, the the flights, and all that kind of stuff. You know, the guy doesn't need filet mignon every night; he can have fucking craft dinner at times and shit like that. But that's the that's the difference in, in our series. And I, I, I'm not, now we're talking about really big names. But William Crate's another name. That deserves sort of an influx. Now whether he could be in a, a championship, I just did not want to not mention him like I did with a like Kerr or Makai yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But um but uh Yeah,
2: he's been
0: good. You know, yeah, he's been he's a great addition here. Can he win? I don't know. Like there's that next step to be the Dylan or the Ryder McNabb or the Piccolo, it's there's a bit of a gap there that, and it, it yeah. can be made up by the Ammy and the Makai. It's just to get that certain fit. And and I will say it and and I I think the majority of people will understand when I say this. Some of the kids that are doing it, like you know, Ryder may be a different story, but they just got to lose a little bit of that ego. Just know your surroundings, know where we are. It's fucking Canada. This is not millions of dollars of getting paid to you and, and 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 what you see at Supercross and American Motocross. It's not like that. Even the GP series, man. Even the GP series, the world GP series, there's like five guys making money. Five guys. Dylan Wright, if he got on a team, was not going to get paid. He would have got bikes and parts, and yeah, like, it's just it's it's not crazy. as as glorified as we think sometimes. But it can be a very solid career for a, a certain amount of time, and make you a very confident, strong minded, and very solid person throughout the rest of your life. That's it. Sounds weird saying that, and this might be my speech at Walton, but God damn it, just look at where we are and understand that you'll be able to ride your fucking dirt bike. For the next say five to ten years, and do some cool shit and see some cool places, save a little bit of money, get paid a little bit. If you do well, not if you're in fifteenth, but if you do well, uh, it, it can be good like that. You know what I mean? So I just that's the way these deals, in my opinion, need to be structured moving forward. And then these guys get then they have to fight for their their worth. They have to you know it should be paid on performance, not paid up front the, and, and shit like the that. The
1: bummer, the bummer part is is what I was just thinking while you were while you were saying all that. Is I'm gonna feel bad if things go the way that my gut tells me, and that you know each one of our teams, you know, yeah. throws throws a big name guy on there, Goldie and Ken, like it. It's gonna really suck for the William Creeds, the Wyatt Kurz, the Jeremy McKay's, because the results, and even go back to Tyler Yates and, and stuff, like they're getting the results like no different Golly. when we were kids uh, and or younger growing up. When we started getting those top 10 results and those top five results, we automatically went to support. We got more support. We got more money. We got more bikes. We got more of this. We got more of that fame, everything. But in the world that we're living in now, it's not quite the same as it used to be. And there's not as many teams. And if these quote-unquote, teams start throwing a bunch of money at, you know, a guy that's coming here to win, all those names that I just said, I don't think they're winners. They're they're not winners next year. They're not going to win a championship. Um, They're still really, really, really good riders, and they deserve support, but I feel that all the eggs are going to be thrown towards one basket, and we might see those kids that I just named – in the same position they are this year which is a real bummer for them because their results are speaking that they do deserve more support um does the oem step up and give these kids more privateer support to where they have more parts and maybe have another bike and this and that i that part i don't know but i can see how it can be frustrating um we've been in that situation before um frustrating for them to where like Holy fuck, guys, like, what more do I have to do? I'm getting fifth places in motos. I'm beating guys that are on teams, um, but yet still nobody's talking about me or nobody's thinking about me. So that part of it is a bummer in our small-knit community because we want to see all these kids continue going because what happens is, and we've seen it over time, if they keep getting forgotten about eventually they just go away and move on with life
0: yeah oh yeah if you get forgotten about you're gonna forget about it <laughs> right exactly. it's like yeah. fucking yeah
2: okay well we're uh hour and five minutes in here so i think we probably covered everything we needed to cover wait
0: we should well i guess we could oh. talk about it well we can save for the wall too but i'm pretty sure the uh, mxon team is is right t Dags and mcnab um oh, if, right uh, yeah that, that seems like they're pretty much the solid that's what talk happening. after this weekend yeah Although there was a weird conversation, ain't eh, that uh, We probably should, are we allowed to bring that up? <laughs> no, yeah, it's not
1: a, that one's not a secret. I mean, the weird conversation was was McNabb was a bit of a question mark because if he does go USA next year, um, which uh, that's what it's looking like. I mean, it's been the talk for from the beginning. Um, yeah. I mean, you got to remember he is only 16, so he's got. He's got a long career ahead of him, um, and obviously the end goal, but um, there was a bit of uh, rumbling that not sure if he was going to go Team Canada, Motocross of Nations, because it might fuck up his A status in the U.S., because he would want to go back and do Supercross Futures and Loretta's and mini really? and stuff like this. But it seems like that's
0: not an issue, is the confirmation we got yesterday.
2: Oh, okay. So Let's basically,
0: go. basically that's be like a Chance Hymus... Typing, looking, or a yeah. De Francesco. Although Rutter DiFrancesco Francesco wrote some nationals, which I guess you'd be allowed to do if next He'd year as well. You're able to allowed do to do that. There's a yeah, forty point points. rule, right? Yeah, so they yeah. changed that rule, so you can still write A
1: class as long as you don't score over forty points in an outdoors. So you can do as many nationals as you want, but. Uh, but anyways, that's that, that's there I mean, he's got an agent, so the agent's being smart and trying to protect him, and, and obviously doesn't want to make the wrong move uh, for one race. But holy fuck, if he did end up skipping across <laughs> of nations, um, who so, would
0: hate him more? Golly, you or Mathis would be bit more pissed. Oh <laughs> fuck, I would be fucking upset, man. That's our country. You run, you get that opportunity. You may never ever get it again. Like, yeah, uh, exactly. I, would, yeah. I would be. I would rage. I would fucking rage for sure on that one. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, good times. Good times, boys.
2: Yep. Okay, so thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, thanks to you guys, Newf Galdi, for coming to talk. And uh, I guess we'll talk to you guys in two weeks' time for Walton 2.
0: Sounds good, boys. Cheers. Good. Boys. Sorry for the coughing, fellas, but that's what Quebec does
2: to us. We <laughs> yell Quebec, a lot in yeah.
0: Quebec. Okay, see you, boys, later. <laughs> see ya, Bye.